You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Let the good times roll. Here's a man in evening clothes. How he got here, I don't know. Man, you ought to see him go. Twisting the night away. Welcome, welcome back to 80s Revisited as we're taking it down a notch. <laughs> a lot of notches as we go inside Martin Short and Meg Ryan in the 1987 classic Inner Space. I remember as a child watching this a whole, whole lot. Saw it in the theater, as a matter of fact. Mm. In fact, uh, this film, I remember being so excited because, you know, oh, it's inside the body, and of course at the time it was great. And then we went, uh, shortly after this, we went to Disney and Epcot and they had Body Wars. Like, oh yeah, it's inner space. We're inside the body. It's so cool. But actually, we'll talk more about Body Wars next week. Oh. Because the same person who directed next week's movie directed the Body Wars short at Epcot. Mm. But that's next week. This is this week. Talking about inner space. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's next week. July 1st, 1987. Who are you? IMDb, 6.7. Rotten Tomatoes, 81% critics, 65% audience. So, I mean, not bad reviews. I mean, critically uh, acclaimed, so to speak. 81% is pretty damn good. Let's do intros first. Oh, it's just been so long. I know. We've been trapped inside Martin Short and Meg Ryan for the past week, so I forgot who I am. Anyway, of course, I'm What's one of your, your hosts, name? Trey Harris. With me, as always, my loyal producer who owns all this stuff, Jesse Sedgley. <laughs> yes, I am. And welcome back, everybody. Sorry for the week delay, but I mean, you know, post-Halloween depression sets in. Mm-hmm. Had to kind of ease back into not being able to do fun horror movies where people get killed and ripped apart and Cleaning all sorts of stuff. You know, you just, you just need, you need a cool down. So that was just, it was a cool down week. Just relax, get back into it. So that's why we had to liven things up with a couple of comedies. First being Inner Space, obviously. Uh, budget was nine point seven estimated. Uh, opened at four point seven. Domestically grossed twenty five point eight. Couldn't find any information on worldwide or rentals, but it made its money back, but not enough to warrant a sequel. So unlike mm. next week's movie, which was a blockbuster, yeah. strangely enough. And not as good as this film, if I have to say. But anyway, uh, this one was directed by a veteran of the podcast, Joe Dante. Who's Joe Dante, Trey? Well, he directed Gremlins. He also directed The Howling. Mm. Uh, also, another film we did for the podcast on a request month, Rock and Roll High School. I'm sure you all remember <laughs> that one. I do. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and he also, uh, the other, uh, his other big film from the 80s, I'd be remiss to not mention it, The Burbs. And he also directed a movie I just watched the other day that is a recent film that we'll talk about in Back to the Future, because that segment's back now, because it's not Halloween Horror Month anymore, yeah. so all of our, all of our, we're back to normal now, so to speak, whatever that is for Mostly. this show. But uh, written by Chip Rosser and Jeffrey Bohm. Uh, Rosser really didn't write anything else of note. However, Jeffrey Bohm, I love you, man. You wrote the, Lost Bo- the screenplay for The Lost Boys, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, arguably the best one. And also Lethal Weapon 2 and 3, taking over writing du- screenplay duties for, I should say, for Shane Black, mm. who, right out of screenplay, or 
college writes the script for Lethal Weapon, sells it for a million bucks, and gets into Hollywood. Some people have all the luck. <laughs> but uh, starring uh, poor man's Tom Cruise, in my opinion. Uh, I'm sorry, not Tom Cruise. Harrison Ford, excuse me. I'm thinking Ethan Hawke. Uh, Dennis Quaid as Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton. Of course, a veteran of the podcast with Enemy Mine. Also recently in G.I. Joe. And the underrated horror, sci-fi horror film Pandorum. Which, uh, anytime you see a picture of Norman Reedus dead, and somebody says, oh, spoiler from the new episode of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. it's a picture from Pandorum. Ah. I pulled that same stunt years ago before it was a meme. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, whether you You're love him or one. hate him, uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, in the 80s, I mean, he's, he, I don't think he's a bad actor, but like nowadays, I just look at him like, God, like they should have just spent an extra five mil and got Harrison Ford. Just to be That's just my opinion. Nope. Quaid, Mr. Quaid, if you listen, please don't in a drunken rage come and beat the shit out of me like you did Meg Ryan. Oh! Uh, but speaking of the 80s goddess herself, Meg Ryan, also in the film, as, uh, what was her name? Lydia, of course, veteran of the podcast again, Harry Met Sally, of course, and uh, the one of the great, ro- several of the great romantic films of the 90s, such as uh, Sleepless in Seattle. What was the other one she did with uh, uh, You've Got Mail, That's which it. people don't know that <laughs> reference now these days, kids these days. Yeah. You've Got Mail? What is that supposed to mean? It's an AOL reference. What's AOL? <laughs> That's the, exactly. Well, how was the internet? Wait, wait. A phone line? Phone what? Line. Uh, you had, wait, there's no lines to my iPhone. What are you talking about? Oh, wireless? I get, no, no, no. Just, just don't worry about it. Just shut up. Instant messenger? <laughs> chat rooms? Yeah. Well, I guess chat. I mean, when AOL came out, that was like the only thing I did on it was like I went into there was a the show on Fox called Sightings Paranormal it used mm-hmm. to come on after the X Files, loved it to death. But there was a Sightings chat room, so we get in there, we chat like you know I'm like twelve or however old it, you know when AOL first came out with the uh, you know where it was used to be twenty four hours free. Yeah. So you put in the disc and you stayed on for twenty four hours and then you know you didn't. Then course, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then now it's like you know I remember the decline of it like five hundred hours free, oh, a month yeah. free, like. Where were yeah. you when I was a kid? It would have been fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, was, the internet was a special place when it first was available for public consumption. So to speak, in a very different place. So, But uh, let's see, Mitch and Meg Ryan, and of course, uh, in, in my opinion, the star of the film, Martin Short, one of the greatest comedic actors of not just mm-hmm. the 80s, but all time. Very underrated and underappreciated, I must say. Uh, but of course, veteran of the podcast with Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also wonderful in Mars Attacks. Captain Ron with Kurt Russell is a great underappreciated gem as well. And most notably, probably that a lot of your mothers will remember Martin Short from. The first film that'll come to mind for them is probably Father of the Bride. I think it was Franck or Franz, the, uh, uh, what's the word, effeminate wedding planner. That's about right. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, but always, always a pleasure to see Martin Short. In fact, he was just on Jimmy, uh, not Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, since every late night host is now called Jimmy something or other. Right. He was on Jimmy's show. Yeah, the, the show with the just Jimmy guy. Uh, where they did a wonderful thing, a wonderful skit uh, where they where the premise was they were on a, him and Jimmy Fallon were on a soap opera together and it was called Tensions. Oh, and yeah, they kept they running back, you know, the same thing you kind of did with Alec Baldwin, Jimmy Fallon did, where like they were on the he does that a Pensacola lot, yeah. police department, whatever it was, yeah. and you know, they, they run back to their seats and they're doing it like, hilarious, look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, I don't watch Jimmy Fallon, I just watch whatever whatever's really funny and it's posted on the internet the next day. It's easier. Because I don't way. have cable, but that's the main reason. Well, it's on public. Everything. Yeah, I mean, it comes in over the air if you really wanted to tune in at yeah. 10.35 and watch that, but... Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Whoops. 
tearing up the studio in a drunken rage. How dare you? But uh, also starring the late, great Kevin McCarthy as Scrimshaw. Another, this, another veteran of the podcast. This film is full of them. What was he in, Trey? Well, duh, UHF. And also the original classic Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which... The old ones, the original's not bad, but the one that is terrifying is the one in the 80s, I believe, with none other than Kiefer's father, Donald Sutherland, which is one of the scariest end scenes of any movie I've ever seen as a kid. Mm. Which, you know, maybe, oh, Halloween's coming up in like 50 weeks, <laughs> so maybe it'll appear, maybe we'll cover it then. <laughs> but if uh, that's one of the few remakes that's actually good. In fact, uh, our friends over at Now vs. Nostalgia were talking about some horror movie remakes uh, if I remember correctly, I don't think uh, John mentioned you know the fly. Yes, hundred ten percent. But you forgot to mention the thing. Mm. Uh, but also, I would say Invasion of the Body Snatchers would be in there as far as a horror movie remake that is absolutely superior to the original. But mm. of course, when you're remaking a black and white nineteen early sixties, late fifties, whenever it was movie, you, it, usually the remakes are going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> usually. That's never an absolute when it comes to that. No, no. But uh, people will fight you on that. Exactly. Oh no, the original with the yeah. Spanish soundtrack or whatever. It's the what the camera they shot it with is so superior. It's just more organic with the conceptual <laughs> the conceptualization of the film. Blah 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 blah. Film students. Uh, the assholes. foam monster costume <laughs> is just so real. It gives a sense of <laughs> avant-garde realism to cinema, which has been absent from the medium since the late 1930s. Nice. Uh, and then. Another veteran of the podcast, Vernon Wells. Of course, uh, the Road Warrior. Uh, I forget his name from it, but the one with the boyfriend that gets hit in the head with the Razor Boomerang. Uh, but also more, most remembered uh, as the uh, Freddie Mercury and Fat Freddie Mercury in a chainmail vest from Commando. <laughs> Letting off some steam. Mm. He always plays a villain. He always does it well. He's a stereotypical villain actor. It's always good to see him. I think he's a. I think he he, he plays those roles well. Uh, as obvious from his numerous villain roles and practically everything he's been in. And uh, finally, uh, not finally, I should say, but Robert Picardo, he was the cowboy. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I know this guy's face. Yeah. I know this guy. I can't place it. And then the second I looked him up and it shows him with his real hair or real absence of hair, I'm like, oh, Mm. it's the fucking hologram doctor from Star Trek. (laughs) Uh, Next Generation, uh, Voyager, like all the Star Trek series. I think he was actually a main character in Voyager. But uh, that's what I am, was like, Where is, what is this dude from? He's from Almost everything. Next generation. <laughs> and a ton of TV, as we're looking at right now. Too much to ever mention. Yeah. Uh, wow. And also, another, another veteran of the podcast, Henry Gibson. Uh, was Mr. Wormwood. He was Martin Short's boss in the film. But uh, most recently, we covered him and we, when we did uh, mm-hmm. The Blues Brothers. He was the uh, Nazi leader. Yes, he was. Uh, polishing the knife and the... Uh, that painting the eagle statue, and of course, one of my favorite scenes of the film where their car just <laughs> flies off the world. And then he was also in The Burbs, another Joe Dante film as I mentioned earlier. And again, Dick Miller, he was a cab driver. Now, why would I mention a cab driver? And you probably don't even know I, the name Dick Miller. No, I recognize him. But you will, every person listening to this podcast will recognize this dude. He's in practically every uh, Joe Dante film. Uh, he's always like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm, I'm Dick Miller. Uh, he was in Gremlins. He was uh, the neighbor in Gremlins with the, I think, the snowplow or whatever. 
Uh, of course, he was in Gremlins 2. He was in Small Soldiers. Uh, most recently that I saw him in, because it was Halloween last month, or Halloween month last month, and I was watching horror movies, movies every day, he was in Demon Knight, which if you haven't seen that one since the 90s, still holds up, still very enjoyable. Not the same with Bordello of Blood. But anyway. Hmm. So that kind of rounds out most of the cast. Uh, the notable cast, I should say. Although Did you I mention um, Harold Sil- Sylvester? Did I miss that one? Because whenever I first saw him, I was just like, hey, it's Griff from Married with Children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, how I miss that show. You'll, yeah. never, you'll never get those kind of fat jokes. <laughs> in today's television, Not, will uh, never fly. No, no, no. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, honestly, this film is just packed with, like, yeah. character actors and just like, oh, I know this guy. Oh, I know that person. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, it's in, There's a lot of them. You just have to watch it. Uh, most of them be like, I know that guy from somewhere. I know that chick from somewhere. Uh, but those are the the main ones that I remembered. And of course, Riff from Married with Children didn't put on there. Yeah, it wasn't a racial thing. I swear, <laughs> I just didn't recognize him. I did. Uh, I'm just waiting for Married with Children to come on Netflix. That's that's all I'm waiting yeah, for. Yeah. It's not on Hulu, is be. it? He used to be on Netflix. Um, surprised they took it down. Because hmm. yeah, I need a new show to binge watch. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, just to update anybody watching Shia oh, LaBeouf, some, uh, uh, the dude left that was sitting next to him, and now it's some pretty hot chick sitting next to him, or yeah. where he would be. It must be between movies. This is the, uh, uh, what is it, three days of Shia LaBeouf movies? Yeah, to or date this podcast, this Shia is going LaBeouf on is during watching. that, the record, recording date is during <laughs> that fun-filled Thing. I mean, that's like if I, you know, like I've mentioned before, like my hell would be like a baseball game, like that never ends, like oh right. god, or just a, a, which is AKA a regular baseball game. But like we were talking earlier, like what actor will we actually want to watch all of their films? Yeah. So send your guess yes. to 80s revisited at gmail.com because everyone we thought of, like, oh yeah, we'll do this one. Like there, there's not too many. Wait a second, he has 68 credits? <laughs> Shit. Not doing that. Yeah, somebody else. Uh, I think it'd be easier, or actually, I think it'd be more fun to actually do that with like a director. Yeah, see. but it's also easier that way. It is, but in my opinion, it'd be more enjoyable because <laughs> yeah, you're actually—that's all I'm saying. It's easier. An actor is just so like they're playing a part. You have any off the top of your head? Or directing? Yeah. Uh, Kubrick. He has a lot, but I mean, there's a lot of his movies that I wouldn't mind watching again. Yeah. Or have or watch repeatedly. Uh, of course, John Carpenter. Which he doesn't have that many anymore because he doesn't usually make yeah, movies see, anymore. You're you're fitting. You're watching different movies with different actors, so it's a little more. It's less monotonous. Yeah, this in the Shia LaBeouf thing. He's three seen days of Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. yeah, three days of himself <laughs> of on-screen presence. That's just narcissism. Yeah, and with the director hashtag thing, art, everything can change pretty drastically. But to me, that's it, that, that, the directing thing is just more interesting because you're seeing an evol- you're actually seeing an evolution of an art. We're an acting. You, oh, like this person was great in this film, he, or he, got, you know, obviously he's got better, or this role was so much, yeah. or so much better for him. But as a director, you just, to me, it's just like you're seeing a constant evolution of a craft. Mm-hmm. Which again, I know if you, all these actors, oh God, yes, I mean, actors do that too. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. Me and Jesse are more behind the camera people. We like that kind of stuff a little more anyway. So we're a little biased. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would not want to be in a theater. No. I mean, I would stop by and watch, you know, like we talked, I'd watch Constantine and iRobot. Yeah, watch one then or two. Uh, it's free, out. free movie if you're in New York. Yeah. Well, this goes out tomorrow, so you're probably too late. Yeah, it's probably over by then. 
you know, but also if I was in New York, there are better things that I'd like to do because I've never yeah, been to New York. Let's go to the 9-11 Museum. Let's go see the Statue of Liberty. Let's go to Strawberry Field. Let's go to this museum, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, taking pictures. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part about celebrity. Ugh. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I've taken pictures with people before, but... Uh, when you're just sitting there and you're tired of it and they still want to do it, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then, like, my parents have seen celebrities, like, all the time uh, when they fly back and forth from New Orleans to uh, California where they, yeah. they like, oh, uh, Ed Asner was on the phone. I mean, not phone. <laughs> on the plane today. Oh, John Goodman was on the plane today. And, like, yeah. uh, my brother and his now wife fly back and, like, uh, we were big, still are big, like one of my favorite TV shows ever is IT Crowd, which mm-hmm. is on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, yeah. watch it immediately. It is so, it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but the main character that plays Roy on there, who was in Thor 2 and Bridesmaids, he was the cop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can, I, oh, I can't I remember his name. Him. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. O- yeah, Odowd, something like that. Odowd. It looks yeah. like Odowd, but uh, like literally, we, we, while they were down, I don't we watched him in Thor 2, though. He was like the date in the beginning that she, like, that's right. Uh, okay, gotcha. I forget. Like, I remember uh, now. <laughs> she leaves like mid, or the two, the big breasted chick from Two Broke Girl shows up and they leave. Yeah, and Ed Dennings yeah. starts the plot of the film. But uh, they they get on a plane like and like they land. They're like, dude, check it out. Selfie with Chris O'Dowd. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like it's just because we we literally like while they're whenever we're together like that's a show we put on in the background while we're playing board games or whatever we're doing like that's yeah. just a, a background thing. But it's never enough to if he te- just texts you and said, hey. Sat next to Chris O'Dell and talked to him. Like, the selfie has to happen for proof, I guess. In a sense, like, this day and age. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I talked to Gary Busey on the phone. There's yeah. no picture of me with him, but my mom took a picture of him talking, of Gary Busey talking on the phone. <laughs> I could totally be lying. I'm not. But, you know, it's like, right. in this day and age, but... you have to have, in fact, get this shit. When I was looking at Comic-Con coming to New Orleans, uh-huh. uh, they now offer this when you get the photo op. To where you'll get a certificate of authenticity for your photo op with this actor or That's artist crazy. for an additional thirty dollars. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, speaking uh, Comic Con, tell me uh, that doesn't sell though. <laughs> uh, I guarantee it. That's like sad. I don't care. I know I, I'm not selling this photograph. Right, this photograph right. is not worth anything. No, except to me. Like, look, I met Stanley. That's yeah. the only photo op I did because I was like, I ain't paying money to take a picture with him. I'm just gonna go wait in yeah. line and if I want to and shake their hand and be that, you know. Sorry, Michael Bean, I didn't give you any money, but hey, I got to shake your hand and you know, Taylor thought you're a good actor, you need more work. So there you go. <laughs> uh and then uh but oh uh me and Onward at lunch the other day, and big big huge announcement for New Orleans Comic Con. Uh Chris Evans, Jeremy Renner, the dude that plays Crossbones and Haley Atwell are all coming to New Orleans Comic Con like, hell yeah. I'll like we're going. I'm gonna go get Chris Evans up to sign my Sunshine movie poster. Yeah, I'm like hell yeah, nah, bro. You wanna you wanna get Chris Evans autograph at Comic Con? Four hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh my god! Only available in a package deal type thing. Oh, Granted, the dude's there for one day, so I understand. You know, it's like yeah, it's like really four hundred. You got like millions of dollars. Just follow him on Twitter and go to the same bar. There you go. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm not a celebrity, but I can tell you this. If I was a celebrity of that magnitude, I would I would have fun. Of course, it would get tired. You know, I'm not saying, like, it's not hard work and all that. I'm not saying that. But to me, that would be, like, the funnest part of the job is, like, going to a Comic-Con. Yeah. You know, and just interacting with people who, like... But if you had to go to, like, 20 of them... Well, I mean... That might I don't kill you. I mean, <laughs> I saw, like, he's been to a couple of them. It's not like he's going to every one that... You know, every one every month. Right. 
but I mean, you know, understand your, you know, because a lot of those times you're not getting paid by the con to go there. Some usually some celebrities like that's kind of their livelihood. Like Barry Boswick from yeah. the Rockyard Picture Show is going to be at the one in New Orleans. Nobody like you know. Every time you go, there's that one celebrity that's there that it makes me feel bad for him that nobody's at their booth. Yeah, here's this huge ass line for earning off of what pictures they take. You know exactly. Like you know, it's yeah. like, and it's like, uh, uh, like last time. Uh, when I, well, the last one that we went to was the one I think where we showed uh, Days of Future Past. I think it was the last con, the con I went to. It's still showing, actually. No, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So if you want to see Trey on, uh, Jill, I mean, uh, December first, I think. It might. Oh, January something. I don't know. I'll put that up later. But <laughs> it'll be playing at um, Albuquerque Film Festival. Oh, in fact, that and, eBay package you're sending out to, yeah. is going to Albuquerque. Yeah. So David Craig, I think, is his name. Yeah. If you're having to listen to this podcast, oh, there you go. Go watch it at the film festival, and it just played at uh, Santa Fe Film Festival. Hell so. yeah! It's it's we're taking over New Mexico. Yes, and then the world, <laughs> and then the world. Well, just like the drug First lords, the you come capitals. in through New Mexico, and then yeah. it's, you're everywhere. I mean, that's that's yeah. the route of distribution. Yeah, Albuquerque but, uh, Film Festival. Anyway, all I was getting at was that. Uh, I was super, like, you know, I mean, me and Anna all the time have this conversation, like, you know, if we did see, like, what celebrity would we have to see, or, like, musician, or whoever, who would, if you saw them in an elevator together, like, who would, like, you'd just be like, duh, 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 you know, starstruck with. Yeah. And so I really had to think, like, you know, like, I'm not big on that, like, you know, but, oh, how you doing, like, nice to meet you. I mean, we have one friend who works at Whole Foods that, like, I brought, I'm not going to confirm or deny, but I brought groceries to uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Just say you did. That's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Like, you know, but it's not like, Where oh my you? God, here, wait, wait, can you wait right here, Chris Pratt? I got a copy of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to get you a sign or, you know. We're not in elementary it, school anymore where people make up that kind of stuff. Exactly. I mean, you know, exactly. Attention. Exactly. I mean, we're all, we're all supposedly adults. <laughs> oh yeah. Like my friend. <laughs> yeah. I talked about, I'm sure he has. <laughs> and he's, you know, he met, you know, Steven Spielberg and helped direct Jaws. <laughs> What Jaws Five, which isn't out yet, to yeah. fit that story. Go listen to an episode. I had a chronic liar. Uh, I mean, what's the word? Uh, habitual liar. Whatever the technical he was term nuts. is. Nuts. Uh, but lied all the time. Yeah. He's played Mortal Kombat Eleven already, and I think he's already beaten Fallout Five. Oh, good so, for him. <laughs> but anyway, we got way off topic. But uh, oh, oh, let me let me let me sum up. Sure. Or let me tell you the story. No, no, not enough time. Let me sum up. Uh, anyway. I think, like, uh, if I was a big star, and again, nobody can say what they're going to do unless you're in that situation. I'm just being hypothetical. But to me, that would be a big, like, point of, uh, like, you know, making, you know, not stuff that money couldn't buy would be the stuff that, you know, that interaction you get at fans, like, at a con and all that. Because everybody that's in your line really, really wants to meet you, you Mm -hmm. know? And, you know, that's also, you know, to... What I said about Charlie Wolf, that's in a sense narcissistic, but it's also to me, it's like you're making these people so happy. Yeah. Like, uh, like I mean, in line waiting to meet Norman Reedus a few years ago, like the first con we went to, uh, and all that. Like, I mean, people were just bringing him gifts. Like, hey, me and my like a, a Navy guy brought or or somebody from Pensacola and the Blue Angels or wherever that is somewhere between here in Florida, Baton Rouge and Tallahassee. There's like a Blue Angel squad or something, but they brought like a big poster that they all like, you know, the Blue Angels guys autographed and said, you know, we just want to give this to you. You know, we're all big fans of the show, et cetera, et cetera. And I looked behind there and we're talking to them like just piles of like gifts and stuff. Like people are just giving them, you know. And to me, it's just like that's awesome. But to be that that person, that's like yeah. you're, you're you're giving them the same stuff in return, even though it's not physical. I mean, just telling them, hey man, what's you know, just greeting them like that. 
I think they lose sight of that pretty quick, though. It seems like it. Yeah. Like some of the some of the people you see at cons, like uh, I heard, I didn't go meet him, but uh, Adam Baldwin. I've heard that he's like a kind of an asshole at cons. Like I've heard that you come up to like just say, "Hey, man, we like you." He won't even shake your hand until like you say, you know, you give the money to the handler or whatever to for the autograph or whatever. Like they just won't even talk to you. Which, hey, that's it, I ain't gonna tell you how to live your life, but to me, it's just like you know, like some people value their entire opinion of you based on something like that. And to me, it's just like that's important. That's important to me. Like I don't want to get a reputation of being an asshole at a con. <laughs> And of course, you're gonna. There are gonna be days you're like, look, I just got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Or you know, hey, I'm sorry, I can't meet all y'all. Blah blah blah. I'm not saying I understand that, but it's just to me, it's like really 500 bucks. You make you know multi million dollar movies like into your bank account. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. It just seems to me like it's just. I was going to the con experience for the first time. I was just like, good God, like this is way too more. Like this is way more money than I ever thought you would. I budgeted for this the first time. I went like, okay, uh, 90 bucks to meet Stan Lee for the photo op and the <laughs> autograph. Uh, you know, and you're already paying like 60 bucks to get in. Yeah, sometimes. You know, so I like con shock <laughs> the first time. But now, you know, once you kind of know, if you haven't been to a con, you have to pay for everything. Yeah. You don't just get to go and meet these people. Or you have to make a movie. <laughs> yeah. And you get in for free, but then you still have to pay like for autographs and yeah. all that stuff. You know, I bet I could just submit the same movie. I bet. And they wouldn't say <laughs> anything. No one would know a thing. Well, uh, a lot of those films that we saw at ours were like I'd already been at other cons or yeah, like yeah. they came up we saw in in, in the future uh, after the con like oh that film we saw one at this one yeah like that was garbage <laughs> you know but anyway <laughs> that was a very long and bizarre tangent to go from inner space to all this but well, anyway. one last note on the cons it's January 7th through the 10th in Albuquerque so is it a wizard world or something else I don't believe it is I didn't see the wizard world logo okay but yeah that'll be where you can see Trey <laughs> as Wolverine or is it still on the inter- internet? Yeah. I mean, YouTube? I mean, there's, you no, can just go there's, no, there's no embargo on if our you movies. you want to see it on the big screen. Yeah. The, which is probably only like eight feet, feet or by. so. Because <laughs> it's probably just like a classroom projector. But if you're not going to be in Albuquerque and you really want to see it that bad, SedgleyFilms.com. Right. Yep. And SedgleyFilms on It's S-E-I-D-U-L-E Films, so. So give it a look. If you like the 90s X-Men cartoon, you'll probably really like it. Yeah. And if you didn't like the X-Men cartoon, fuck you. It was a good cartoon. Go yeah. back and watch your Revisit Powerpuff Girls or whatever. For 90s revisiting. Yeah. But anyway, Inner Space. Uh, Jesse, have you ever seen this film? Yes. Back in the day or recently? Both. Oh, excellent. Uh, as I mentioned before, like, I remember seeing this film in the theater. Mm-hmm. Cinema 6 in Baton Rouge, which if you're as old as me, you might know where that is. Is that on SN? Bob, oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Cinema 6. It was like... Uh, SN, SN Lane was Cinema 6. Yeah. It was the one next to Bon Marche that wasn't Bon Marche. Oh, like 11 or... It was, yeah, it was at it the was end. Something, it was a tiny little theater. You walk in the entrance and it's on the left. Yeah, yeah. but I don't remember what... I saw a Nightmare Before Christmas there. Wow. Saw Willow there. Saw a lot of movies there, actually. Uh, and that was with my grandfather. So if you're... uh been a while. In the Baton Rouge area, you be like, oh, yeah, stroke your long gray yeah. beard. I remember that. I remember and if you're that. not in the Baton Rouge area, sorry. Local talk. It's next to the Dollar Tree now. <laughs> Isn't everything these days? Uh, but anyway, I remember as a kid, loved the movie, and it actually made me like interested in biology and stuff. Like as far as as far as a kid's romantic mm. interest can go, and like, oh, the right. body, like it looks like that inside me. Nah, it doesn't. Can I really cut my veins from the inside <laughs> and not die? <laughs> not you know. Die. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, where's the biologist or the biology uh, biologist equivalent of? Neil deGrasse Tyson on this film like 
you know, if you actually cut open an artery going into the heart, <laughs> this person would bleed to death in like five <laughs> seconds. I really think Dennis Quaid killed Martin Short. Like, would you know? There's yeah. a lot of biological inaccuracies. Yeah, no, yeah. In the film, he traveled through that body pretty fast too. <laughs> oh, especially Meg Ryan. Like they yeah. kiss, and all of a sudden he's like, "Where am I?" And he turns on the lights, and there's a fetus. Yeah. He's, How'd you get there? So like, wow. not know where you're going. So if I swallow, it goes straight to the fetus. <laughs> I know babies are in the belly, but they're not in the actual belly. Yeah. There's like a whole digestive system. And, and then she's like, kiss me again. And from the fetus <laughs> all the way out that the mouth. Martin Short is the greatest kisser <laughs> of all time. He has a major Women sucking Women are like, motion. makes your nether regions tingle when Martin yeah. Short kisses you. It's because he's sucking, he's sucking Dennis Quaid out, out of your you. butt. <laughs> but, oh, man. but as a kid, I love this movie. Rented it a lot. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, like I mentioned, I was super excited to go to Epcot back in the day and like Body Wars. Mm. It's like inner space because uh, at this point, like I saw inner space long before I ever saw Fantastic Voyage. I didn't see that till probably after this because uh, you know back in the VHS store days, not every VHS store had uh, every VHS movie, so to speak. You know, there were a lot of movies that you didn't get to see from video stores. Uh, simply because, you know, they just didn't have these old movies and stuff like that. But, uh, of course, Fantastic Voyage, you know, Donald Pleasance, Raquel Welch. Uh, a terrifying scene where Donald Pleasance get his, gets his head eaten by a white blood cell, which yeah. as a kid scared me, <laughs> by the way. Which I did mention last week, there was a scene in this film that as a kid, like, made, like the first time I saw it, frightened me. When uh, Vernon Wells' character, Mr. Ego, like when he falls into the stomach acid... And then he like drifts by the yeah. and it's a skull. It's like ah, as a kid that like get, like didn't give me nightmares. I was like this is scary. That's scary. Like my stomach acid could eat like I remember dissolve the humans. moment, but I don't think I was scared. I was just like eh, he's dead. I've always been pretty numb to death. I don't know why. <laughs> it's because you have no soul. I guess maybe. I mean, we're all like people our age that watches that grew up in the eighties. Honestly, we're desensitized. I truly, yeah. I, I truly believe that because back when we were kids, we had RoboCop. Uh, you know, all sorts of uh, auto movies. Doom. Yeah, I mean, you know, to where, and where it was a big deal at the time. Like, yeah. don't let your kids play this. Don't let them watch and this. And mentally, you knew it was a big deal. Yeah. But nowadays, mentally, you don't know it's a big deal. Exactly. And it just feels different when yeah. you're shooting people on Call of Duty or something. Exactly. And then, like, like we, we've talked numerous times before. You watch Friday the 13th on AMC, and it's like, they, it's, it's all cut out. But I mean, I don't yeah. watch on AMC. Like I preached, yeah. I, I practice what I preach. Bad. I watch the the box set I have. <laughs> you know, so it's like. But then I watch these kills, and like, then you see them on the network. It's just like they cut out like something that, and then you Walking Dead comes on immediately after. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. There is more gore in one episode of The Walking Dead than uh, any '80s horror franchise. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, so it's like the times are changing, obviously. But I, you know, and everybody was like that. I remember hearing that word all the time. It's desensitizing our children. Yeah, but it's like. That doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. I mean... Makes them ready for war. Exactly. <laughs> Less PTSD, you know, yeah. from the 80s generation. I'm not saying there is. I'm just being yeah. uh, You know, but it's like... Uh, they will they, bathe in blood when they grow up. <laughs> I mean, you know, and yeah, honestly, I'll tell you what it is. The reason, like, kids these days are so out of control, but the kids from the 80s are still relatively mentally sound, it's mm-hmm. because at the end of our cartoons, we had the messages of what to do. Right. Don't talk to strangers. You know, He-Man told me numerous times not to take candy from strangers and to do my homework. And Hulk Hogan told us to drink our milk and take our vitamins. 
you know, and G.I. Joe always told us, you know, like, hey, if somebody's drowning in ice, you know, be sure to lay down flat and hand them a stick. Yeah. You know, a lot of useful knowledge from our cartoons back Useful in, in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the ice part. Right. Massive ice flows, glaciers <laughs> all the time. The in fact, one's slowly inching its way towards us now. Haha, uh, <laughs> it's a science joke because glaciers move like an inch at a time, an inch a year. Uh, I don't know if they still do, because everything's changed now in science. Yeah. You everything know? melts faster. Everything's hotter. It's getting hotter. Oh, no, and now it's getting colder. Yeah. It's because science is contingent truth. It's always changing. <sighs> Me and Autumn always have a fight about a brontosaurus. She's like, brontosaurus isn't a real thing. I'm like, yes, it is. Why wouldn't it be real? Because, okay, I don't know the exact story, but here's <laughs> here's the deal. My wife loves to read Facebook articles, oh, which boy. most, you know, I love BuzzFeed and Cracked as much as the next person. But you know what those articles don't have? Sources. Yep. You know what does have sources, even though you can bash it all you want? Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. If you think something's bullshit, go look at the sources and follow the rabbit hole. Yeah. But anyway, apparently when the brontosaurus, which I will always call it, there's only two adequate names for the brontosaurus. And it's not the apatosaurus, as scientists want to call it. It's either a long neck or brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. Or dilop- dilopica- dilopasaurus. The yeah, long one that was like that. 100 feet long. That was longer, skinnier but longer than the brontosaurus. But as a kid, you know, it was always the brontosaurus. No, dilophosaurus is a spitter. Uh, Diplodocus, maybe. I'm just thinking of random dinosaur names from my childhood. Diplodocus. Yeah, that's it. That's supposed to be, you know, at the time, uh, it was the longest dinosaur. Then we had the brachiosaurus that, yeah. you know, most people will be familiar with that from Jurassic Park when sneezing on the girl. Yep. Because a nostril on top of their head. But anyway, uh, but apparently the two scientists that discovered the bones of the brontosaurus, they, two separate scientists apparently discovered the same bones of the same animal, but like they were all mixed matched. So you had a brontosaurus, you had a patosaurus. Mm. Actually the same thing. Oh, but then right. a few months ago, I want to say, scientists came back and said, no, actually, there, it seems like the current fossil record, or current findings indicate there was actually a separate animal that would be considered the brontosaurus. So it is a thing again. Hmm. You know, but to me, it's always a thing. Yeah. Because I was a kid and I, like every kid, super into bron- uh, dinosaurs. And I still had a book. The name of the book was Dinosaurs. On the cover was a brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. So you can call it an apatosaurus all you want, but when I call it a brontosaurus, do not fucking correct me. I don't care if the fossil record changed. The brontosaurus was a thing. Like the whole Bernstein Bears thing. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're on Wikipedia now. Just hit up the Wikipedia. It has like the actual facts if you want to read that story that I just tried to sum up briefly. But uh, wow. From Comic-Con to brought dinosaurs, <laughs> inner space is being... <laughs> Lost in the shuffle. But, it's all over. But you've seen it a lot. I mean, what were your, you know, as a kid, like I mentioned, I loved it. It inspired me. Uh, I, after this movie, I always wanted those, one of those models where, like, you know, it was a human body model. Mm-hmm. Where you could see that, you know, it was like a half human thing. Oh, could, like, like an anatomy thing. Yeah. Oh, I want one of those where I can, like, you know, learn the parts of the body. Uh, I remember Never it just being middle of the road. It didn't really inspire me to do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. No inspiration from that. Just, uh, a movie on a list for me. <coughs> but uh, it should be noted, I believe, uh, go down. Uh, yeah, one and, yeah, I want to make sure before I said it. It did win the Oscar for Best Visual Effects at the Fitting. time. Which, Fitting. Yeah. A lot of you know practical stuff. You know, looked very gooey and icky. Uh, the fat cells in Martin Short's butt were actually jello. Uh, so there's a fun fact for you. <laughs> but uh, watching it again i enjoy like i hadn't seen this movie i'm 35 years old it came out in 87 i probably haven't seen it since i was probably it beat predator 10 or 11 oh really for visual effects 
Ooh. Now, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, inner space had like more diverse effects because of the interior of the human body, whereas Predator is basically the Predator. Like, you know, it's an alien. Granted that... that but it were, lives on. Like, yes. Yeah. It, well, it's the same, like, Titanic beat Starship Troopers. Yeah, it Which I don't, I don't agree with that. But this one, eh. I mean, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the Predator costume and the... I mean, that mm-hmm. is still... I'd probably put that, that under still makeup amazing. or something. Yeah, yeah. And, but it didn't win that. Harry and the Hendersons won that. Wow. Best makeup. <laughs> And the funny thing is, Rick Baker won that, and Rick Baker was uh, no. I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, the guy that did the effects for the thing was a student of Stan Winston. Rick Baker, you know, he's like he's like top notch. Star Wars, yeah. Uh, he's one. Of, he is like the legend in makeup. In fact, that's because I saw I got his name confused. I'm thinking of Rob Botan uh, with the thing, and he did uh, the howling and stuff like that. Mm. But he was a student of Stan Winston's, if I remember correctly. Uh, but Rick Baker is like he's. Top of the heat, like I, mean, I think he's won like eight Oscars for makeup or something like that. He's the one that did American Werewolf in uh, London, uh, seven Oscars. Excuse me, I was one off, <laughs> but I mean for makeup. So I mean this, he he is and nominated a shit Plenty ton of too. Nominations, yeah. His first one, well, actually, his first one that he won was for American Wolf in London. Uh, he also won Harry and the Hendersons, like you mentioned, <sighs> Ed Wood, uh, Men in Black. Strange. Well, I guess, eh, I don't know about that. Nutty Professor. <laughs> I can understand that because of the different characters he was. What's his recent one? Oh, the Wolfman. Which <laughs> let me redo my old makeup. Not saying it wasn't right. good. That 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 was the best thing let about me that pull movie. Pull out the crate from uh, 1982. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still got it. It's, it's kind of rotted enough to where it looks like Benicio <laughs> del Toro. But uh, oh man, yeah. Uh, anyway, Interspace. Watching it again, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hadn't seen it in at least 25. 20 years, somewhere in that ballpark. So it was almost like watching it for the first time. I'm a huge Sam Cooke fan. Didn't even realize that Sam Cooke's music was in this film because mm-hmm. when I was 10 years old, Did I didn't know, yeah. you know, as a 10-year-old, or 7-year-old, I should say, I wasn't into music to where, like, oh, that's Sam Cooke, you know, from, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah. much, this, was a, this is a great movie to revisit, and if you haven't seen it, I think because it's a lot of practical effects, it holds up. This, I mean, a lot of story elements are kind of cheesy. Yes, and yes, very... Yes. Okay, as a kid, I had no clue that uh, Vernon Wells pretty much tapped a vibrator to his hand in one scene and <laughs> masturbated off one of the chicks in the film. Oh, uh, I don't remember that scene. There's the scene where, like, okay, he, he pops the champagne, I believe, with his corkscrew hand. Uh-huh. He takes it off, and he it doesn't show it. He puts this thing on his hand, and you hear... on the chicks in the bed, and then it... Oh, okay. So he... <laughs> And for some reason, he couldn't have sex with her, like with his cock. Right. He had to use a vibrator hand. Or maybe, He's obviously hey, maybe, been through some shit. Yes. But may, hey, well, I don't know what they're doing, but, you know, there's, there are two ports down there for the USB socket. Right. So <laughs> whatever they're into. But, yeah, there's pretty much a <laughs> sex scene slash masturbatory illusion in this film, which as a seven-year-old... I don't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> like so many times in eighties movies, when we go back and watch them as adults, like I did not know what that was <laughs> at the time. I can't believe my mother <laughs> let me watch. Not that that's you know not showing anything or anything, but it is alluded to that he attaches a dildo to his hand. Right. I'm surprised. I mean, how did he buy that attachment? <laughs> well, it's apparently like, he has all sorts of, throughout the whole movie. I'm sure it's just one guy created that for him. So he had to go to that guy <laughs> who knows him really well. He's like, man, I made a gun for you. 
I made a you know, the little finger gun. Thing, finger the gun. Corkscrew. Uh, His name's Roger. Roger. <laughs> I have a request of you. <laughs> this is down. The, this tell is, anybody. It's on the DL here. See this black package? Take this black package. <laughs> this black package. I need a vibrating mechanism. <laughs> what is this for? <coughs> Don't worry about it. Stick with me. Stick with me. <laughs> it's going to be pink. Ignore that. It was a lady's preference. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, there's no backstory oh, on this character. Maybe, like, you know, he's missing his hand. Maybe his dick got blown off, too. So, who knows? Why I mean, there's a... put a little port down there? He's <laughs> <laughs> like a machine. He's like... <laughs> Strap on. He forgets what he's wearing. He goes out and meets a lady, and he takes down his pants, and there's a finger gun down there. He's like, ah, damn it. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> not again. Shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she rubs him just the right way and just, bah, shoots out oh, his God. pants. He goes off. <laughs> his gun goes off. <laughs> Air quotes. Shoots through the bar. Shoots the oh, bartender in the we're leg. We're into seven territory here now. <laughs> like, bizarre. Hey, let's, bring, let's bring it back a little bit to family friendly. <laughs> Even though it's an explicit podcast. Right. Fuck right. shit cock. Fuck shit cock. But, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> if, you have, if you haven't seen this movie, I would definitely recommend it today. Uh, and if you haven't seen it in a long time, def- I watch it again. It's it's definitely worth it. Unlike next week's movie, sneak preview. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we got a good amount to say about next week's movie. So, but mm. let's get let's finish let's wrap up Interspace and the many tangents we've covered today. <laughs> but uh, if, I'm sure most of the people who listen to this podcast have seen Lord of the Rings, and in Lord of the Rings, yeah. they used a lot of techniques to make the hobbits act the hobbit actors. Oh, in the same yeah. frame as Ian McKellen and all that. Well, this film was one of the first films to kind of do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For example, when they're in the car driving away and Scrimshaw and the female doctor are shrunk to 50% to where they're supposed to be, not the M word, but a dwarf, their dwarf size. Uh, uh. Pretty much that scene was shot. Uh, Mark Short and Meg Ryan were right in front of the camera. And uh, it's called force perspective for the technical term. Uh, but in the rear of the car is actually twice as large as the front. And was twenty feet further away from him. Wow! So I noticed the car did look funny in that scene. Like the the camera for the car was not moving at all. Yeah, because they don't want to do that. Because the whole background was shaky. <laughs> it was like the old old school. Yeah. Um, projector in the back window. Excuse me, rear projection type stuff. Yeah. Uh, they did use half size hands and body doubles when the hands are like slapping Martin Short in the face. Right. Like things tend to slap him in the face at every movie, uh, so they don't. But the, the main reason they did this because again, CG wasn't prevalent at this time. It would have been way more expensive at this time to CG mm-hmm. or green screen them in the back than just just build the fucking car set twice the size and put them there and shoot it. I mean, that's that's how you did things back then. Oh man, uh, crazy. Even in the final scene with the suitcase where they're hiding in the suitcase, it's a giant suitcase. They oh, sure, yeah. But uh, uh, same thing, uh, one of my favorite shots of Lord of the Rings is when they're climbing up in Fellowship of the Ring where they're climbing up in the snow and Frodo's like, where's the ring? There's that great shot with the ring in the foreground. They're all in the distance. Uh, everything's in focus and Boromir picks up the ring. Or yeah. You don't see his hand pick up the ring. You just see the ring being picked up. That ring was a foot in diameter <laughs> for that forced perspective shot. That's awesome. You know what they didn't Orson Welles it where they just used uh, I forget the the focus thing where foreground and background are in the same the technical term for it I don't know uh, but Orson Welles did it a lot in Citizen Kane that's where I remember hearing mm. the term I just my brain is not thinking right now uh, but yeah so a lot of the mid uh, excuse me dwarven shots no you were all, right the, <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> uh, we're all forced perspective 
you know, today. I mean, which is still, that technique is still in use with The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yeah. Well, The Hobbit, pretty much every character was short mm-hmm. until Legolas and his dad come in the scene. <laughs> uh, and the humans in the end. But also, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, you might remember, they, they were an item. This is the film that they met on. And they uh, this was mm. they met here on the film in 1987. They were married in 91. I think they divorced 98, somewhere. Whenever she met Russell Crowe on the set of Proof of Life, and mm. they began that fling. But yeah, Dennis Quaid, big drug head back in the day, and supposedly beat her. But, oh. but sweet, lovely Meg Ryan stayed faithful to him until the very end. Right. So good on you, Meg, for dumping him. And I think she's, I don't know if she's single right now, but she still looks... Very good. She had the Still uh, love. nose job recently, didn't she? Uh, there are some, there are some pictures where it does look weird, but there are some other pictures where she's smiling, like different angles. Where that's Meg Ryan. It's mm. not like uh, what's her name, Bridget Jones. Uh, oh, I can't think yeah. of her name. That's not. <laughs> that's her. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that looks, looks altered. Or. There's a couple of them where, like, she's wearing this, like, because, you know, Autumn always do this, where, like, we're looking, but you can see where, like, it's, she's wearing the same thing, but you can tell where one picture's been different. Oh, yeah, yeah. For her age, she still looks exceptionally well, and she still looks I don't looks know. That, like that's Meg the Ryan. same dress there. And the f- she looks completely different than this. Eh, I don't know. I, but then I again, know. I mean, you know, how swollen was she at the time? <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah, that's not her. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still hit that if I was single. <laughs> <laughs> it's Meg Ryan. It's Meg it's Ryan. Sally. But it's, anyway, uh, still on the hot list. Yeah, I'm sure she's had uh, the work redone to look yeah. more like herself. Because this says 2015, that looks more like her. Yeah, that's definitely her. But After they not, fixed her chin, because she was going for Joker chin for a while. Yeah, that's that's kind of Joan Riversy. Yeah, see? But like, I mean, you can see the change in chin right there. But classic... Meg, like Crazy. 80s Meg Ryan, oh, gorgeous. And 90s Meg Ryan, and 2000s Meg Ryan. Today's Meg Ryan, the internet is a cruel mistress yeah. when they date pictures. Renee Zellweger just looks like somebody else. Yeah, she just looks like a completely different person. Yeah. Hey, it's your life. Do whatever you want. That's yeah. fine. But you look like you're a celebrity, else? people Go are going to talk. Yep. I mean, don't be offended by it because you're a celebrity. That's just what happens. Yeah. But you know what? Even in our small circle of friends... People talk about you no matter what you do. So just do, the bottom line is, don't give a shit what people say. Yep. It's very if wanna, easy. If you want to get a different nose, fucking do it. Nobody, it's, it's your life. No one told me about mine. <laughs> you know, if you're Christian Bale and you got a huge mole right by your eye, that's just really distracting when you can't, you know, when you think about it, when you're watching a movie yeah. with him and like, I, I mean, just can't stop looking at the mole. I yeah, just see the mole. Like, face. But he doesn't want to get it removed. That's good. Like that's fine. If it makes you know, do whatever you want. It's your life. Who yeah. cares if the mole's distracting to me? Yeah, Shia wants to watch uh, movies for three days of yeah. himself. He's smiling right now, reaching for a drink of some sort. Yeah, he's happy about something. Yeah. Was it? Uh, <laughs> I just. Oh boy. Like, uh, if they didn't advertise it and say it was free, like he'd be by himself the whole time. Probably. Let's be honest. I don't know. A lot of people are like, I want to be on that stream. That's the re- like. I bet if, if they pulled out probably all the seats that aren't in the camera shot, I'd like to. I like to see that view, but do that way. Yeah. Just. To well, s- I don't think he's in a large theater, but uh, he's on the aisle seat too. Yeah. So the other half of the. That's so you can watch him sleep in the aisle. <laughs> and order a pizza. I think it said something on there. He did, as well. 
But well, that uh, sucks. I hope he stays up for uh, Constantine so I can see his reaction live as I'm watching. <laughs> One of the best portrayals of the Not devil. Just sleeping. If you, if you if you end up being up that late, which you probably will be, because that's your. I will. Schedule. I don't know if he will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I forget his name. Peter, the dude. I always remember him from the Russian mechanic from Armageddon. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't. Peter something. He's in a ton of shit now since then. But that's always the first thing I remember him from. But he plays the devil in Constantine. Best version of the devil ever, in my opinion. In Constantine. Hey, Stormare. Stormare. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. This is how we fix things on Russian space station. Yeah, from Fargo. Oh, yeah. That's right. The silent. Yeah. Or quiet one, I should say. Yeah. Quite... Autumn had never seen that. We watched that a few months ago. That movie is still... Yeah, so, so good. good. I rewatched so it a couple good. months ago. Haven't watched the series. Yet. So good. Like, see, uh, the second season going on right now. It hasn't gripped me. It's okay, but the first one, it's good. What channel is it? Like a stars it's or on FX? Okay, so it's a little more yeah, risque, yeah, it's, it's, so to speak. It's fitting. Is and it's nothing to do with the movie, right? It's just no. Gotcha, it's just okay. a story. But uh, Patrick Wilson's in it, isn't he? On the second one, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's second on season. Is it different? Completely different cast. Okay. Kind of like True like Detective. True Detective, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's definitely one I want to check out. Just so I like that when they do that because then you know your characters aren't safe. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. And, and also, then you can like you don't feel bad if you don't watch another season because you got that whole story. Yeah, exactly. You know, because like, I'm, I don't think I've talked about it before. Like, uh, you know, like X-Files is coming back and... I've heard people like, oh, I'm going to watch the X-Files. Well, you got nine seasons to watch. Yeah. And by a season, 24 episodes a season yeah. times nine. And there's some Hour without episodes. David Duchovny. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a I mean, few of them. Honestly, like, because uh, Autumn was like, whoa, it's coming back. You know, Perry and Crystal are watching. I want to watch it too. I'm like, awesome. I don't mind rewatching it, but we're stopping after season five. Yeah. You don't need to go past that. And season five is even questionable. There's just some really good episodes. Just watch the highlights. Five. Yeah. But X-Files first four seasons, excellent. Yeah. Still love it. Can't wait for it to come back. Uh, but anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, the sound the pod makes while it's spinning in the centrifuge is the same sound as the Tasmanian Devil from Looney Tunes. <laughs> and also, uh, Joe Dante's a huge Looney Tunes fan. He actually directed the Brendan Fraser Looney Tunes live action Roger Rabbit type hmm. film with Jenna Elfman, Scientologist, uh, that came out a few years ago. Uh, Elfman Scientologist. That's how she introduces herself. That's how I introduce any Scientologist. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, in Scientology news, Leah Romini's book's about to come out where she's finally talking about all that shit. Yeah. So uh, not that I'm going to read it, but there will be a Cliff Notes version on Wikipedia. That I'll, yeah, I'm sure they'll make yeah. a movie about it. So, Because <laughs> uh, I love to read true crime books. <laughs> kind of falls down that. But anyway, uh, I was, oh, uh, but there's there's like Bugs Bunny in the background a ton, like on people's desks. There's yeah. a ton of Looney Tunes reference in this film. Yeah, when he talks about the rabbit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They even do that whole thing. Uh, that's because, again, Joe Dante... Huge Looney Tunes fan, rightfully so. Hmm. Uh, that's another thing we have when growing up. You know, before all the, yeah. the regular cartoons in the morning, I would get up at 6.30 on Saturday. Lucky Charms or Captain Crunch, whatever the fuck cereal was popular at the time, Looney Tunes would always come on at 6.30. Too. Yeah. Like, and that'd be fine. They eat, I don't care that they were from 30 years ago. They're, They're still, still good. good. Yep. They're still great. Love the, like, like so much better mm-hmm. than, like, uh, the, uh, like, Tom and Jerry. Not, not a Tom and Jerry fan. Yeah. I'm and then, uh, you know, the Disney, like, animated shorts, Looney Tunes S, like, I guess you call them shorts, hit mm. or miss. You know, I was, I was partial to Donald Duck. But Looney Tunes, always. Yeah. Porky, I, Daffy, all of them. Elmer, always. And no pants at all. Love them. 
<laughs> back when cartoon characters didn't wear pants. Is there any cartoon character active now that wears that doesn't wear pants? For kids, doesn't wear pants now. Ooh. Even if they're an animal, I mean, is there? Well, oh no, Family Guy. That's not a kid show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm um, just thinking if they like, you know, because uh, a popular expression with my friend Perry when his son gets out of the tub and runs through the house naked before he puts his clothes on is, "Oh, you Donald Ducking it." Yeah, because <laughs> he's not wearing pants. Because <laughs> Donald Duck never wore pants. I don't know about that. I think but they Mickey all wear did. pants. Like all Goofy did. SpongeBob people wear pants. Uh, That's true. Not that I watched SpongeBob. Not that I'm saying it's a bad thing, but I that wasn't SpongeBob part of my. SpongeBob actually has some clever writing. I've like I'm I've shocked. seen <laughs> like I've seen clips that like made me like enjoy it. Like yeah, but I never like I mean, the again, movie. Actually, it was pretty enjoyable. Is that the one where it's like live at where they open to the real world? The very first one where um, David uh, Baywatch. Hasselhoff? Hasselhoff, yeah, he's in it. Um, you know, he's only in <laughs> the live action portion of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, wasn't terrible. Because like that one and uh, in Adventure Times for Kids, but that show's become like an adult thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, there's still and shows out there that... That's one I haven't tapped on yet. Adventure it's, Time. It's great. There's like, it's... Uh, it's one of those, it's weird because you know sometimes shows just catch you off guard like with emotion mm-hmm. like uh, like I'm going through all the scenes of Night Court because as a kid I love that show <laughs> Night Court and Cheers and then like there's like some episodes where like I'm like wiping away a tear like <laughs> it just, out of nowhere it just comes along and just punches you like with some like emotion I'm like jeez like uh, but like same thing with like some of the like there's some really like sweet episodes of Adventure Time mainly when the Ice King is young which if you watch a show, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Interspace. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Talk about the Looney Tunes. Uh, Vernon Wells models his performance, Mr. Ego, after Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator, which is why he's pretty much quiet the whole time. And you know, yeah. even though he has a robot hand, he kind of <laughs> doesn't move a lot. You know. Uh, let me see. Oh, at one point, John Carpenter, speaking of the devil, uh, was attached to direct the film, and Mel Gibson and Robin Williams were suggested, I should say, not approached. For the role of Jack, which of course is Martin Short's character, but very Mel Gibson, no, he could have been Dennis Quaid's character. Yeah, you needed definitely. a comedic actor for that role. That's what made this a comedy, because mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid's not very funny in this film. He's just like, hey, I'm drunk and I'm inside and I'm gonna tear up your insides. Where Martin Short's the one spazzing out and getting drunk and you know. is that what he said to Meg Ryan? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm inside. I'm drunk and I'm in your insides. I'm gonna tear them up. <laughs> Well, he's been somewhere where we'll never get to go. <laughs> but I'm happily married, so I don't care about that anymore. Uh, but anyway, score-wise, uh, back in the day, you know, it would be like a nine to me as a kid. One of oh, my wow. favorites, just really, it's just, you know, it's really funny when, you know, one of the funnest parts of the pod, of talking about this is like how a movie, like as a kid, you just loved it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, oh, darn, uh, to quote, you know, if you were a fan of this podcast, you know, hi, mom, uh, you know, uh, oh, finally, young, oh, uh, young Einstein is still not in. I still can't rent that movie and watch it. Let me go to the older releases. Oh, let me get Interspace or my brother would always get Supergirl. You know, there was just all sorts of movies, you know, that became, that were your favorites. And back then it was a special thing because, you know, Tapes were hundred bucks, you know, it's eighty bucks. You know, you, you didn't have a VHS collection. Right. Rich people did, or you might have a few. You'd probably find it in the return bin, though. Yeah, <laughs> got to go to the return bin. Kids today don't know what a return. They bin don't is. like. You know, there's so many. You know, of course, our parents said the same thing. You don't yeah. know what it's like to do this. I know. Yeah. But it's. But I think it's in a sense it's worse for us because technology 
is jumping. Yeah. There's there's less gaps in like the jumps of technology. We're still young and should know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, our generation is really on the cusp of like old fashioned and cutting edge. Like we're yeah. like we had we've had it both. Like, mm-hmm. but we had them both at an impressionable age. You know, we had the advent of the VCR of home video and cable and all that kind of stuff. Like that's all our you know roughly our lifetime, and now it's just jumping exponentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. So, you know, it, it's really you know when we're when our kids are when our grand when we're telling our grandkids you know via our holodeck or whatever the fuck's <laughs> gonna be by then you know our virtual reality you know not lawnmower man virtual reality. But, Speaking but, uh, of return bins, I drove by the old uh, blockbuster yesterday. It was completely it, cleared out. Oh yeah, John was telling me uh, he was texting me a few weeks ago how they're it's finally. Oh, he sent me a picture yeah. like they finally put the store closing. Well, I have a customer that's front. next to it, so I see saw it every month. But yeah, last month it was store closing, but this month. Nothing on the building, cleared out. No frozen, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Randy Marsh. Randy Marsh. <laughs> Trucking nuggets. <laughs> nope. It's just a building now. Oh, the days. Oh, it's Friday. Oh, I'm, uh, hey, uh, Mom, I'm going to leave work a little early. I want to get to the video store before everybody else gets off of work. Yeah. So I can grab something for the weekend to watch. But you go there Sunday morning, that's when you get the return bin goods. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Sunday's a school night. Yeah, can't stay up still, and if it's yep. the morning, you didn't care. Yeah, you saw <laughs> that day. But uh, anyway, uh, I'd give it a nine when I was a kid. But today, still good, still worth watching. But as far as like you know, comparing it as like if it came out today, mm-hmm. it's a seven. Still, I think it's still very watchable and entertaining. But it's not like I got it at a six because the little story was a little wonky. Yeah, it's definitely an, it's it's definitely an eighties movie in terms yes. of like the situation stuff I can buy. Yeah. yeah. I don't buy Unlike it. next week. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with a realistic situation and then go way yeah. out here. Wait a second. This realistic situation <laughs> is very boring. So let's see what we can do with this. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. I'm sure that's what the director. Yeah. Said. This is very illogical. <laughs> let's do that. Like, this is too logical. <laughs> we need to be illogical. Hint, hint, yeah. hint. If you, got, if you guessed it from these clues, yeah. damn. Good job. You Three win. times worse than I imagined. You win a no prize. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, this movie never got past its infancy and its development. It seems like it. Like it was written for a baby. Right. You know, a baby would enjoy it, yeah. but adults no, might not. No. Uh, but anyway, uh, again, this released July 1st, 1987, on the, uh, in the real world, a few days before, on July 28th. Uh, Iraqi warplanes dropped mustard gas bombs on the Iranian town of Sardasht in two separate bombing rounds on four residential areas. It was the first time a civilian town was ever targeted by chemical weapons and one of the excuses we gave to overthrow Saddam Hussein the first time hmm. and the second time. Oh, lovely. So to relate certain things kids these days might have heard, like, who's Saddam and <laughs> Hussein? Uh, he was our generation's Hitler. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, he was because he not killed as his own people. in the movies, though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not a, as big of a villain. His body count isn't as high as Hitler or Stalin. He's not on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, yes he is. Oh wait, let's see how many <laughs> credits does he have? Only, Only 110. Oh, 110. Hitler's got him beat by 700. <laughs> yeah. You lose, Sodom. He wrote a novel though. Long days. <laughs> Today I prayed to Muhammad, and then. I killed some people with mustard <laughs> gas. It was fun watching their skin fall off, like in that movie, The Rock. Oh, no, no, oh he's it, in the it, cast, too, as Saddam Camel. <laughs> I'm sure it was Camel. I'm sure. Wow. Okay. Oh, wait, never mind. That I got him backwards. 
Saddam oh, Gamal was playing Saddam Hussein. <laughs> what are the chances Very of the confusing. same name? Anyway. Very confusing. Uh, back to the future for this week. Uh, a couple of recent movies that I saw that are worth mentioning. Uh, they're both kind of horror-related because what have I been watching the past month was nothing but horror movies. Mm. But uh, a couple ones that I hadn't seen uh, this year, uh, both of them starring an actor who I really like, a young actor, Anton Yelchin. Of course, check off from the Star Trek reboot and also in the Fright Night, Fright Night remake, which was one of the few recent horror remakes that's actually worth watching. Not as good as the original, but still entertaining and fun. Colin Farrell's awesome in it. Uh, but anyway, watched Odd Thomas, which is on Netflix, which that one... Okay, we all know how sleepy my wife gets when she's bored, mm. as evidenced by her lack of appearance on these podcasts lately. Mm. But yeah. uh, this was... My, my, our, our schedule is she gets off of work, you know, or, uh, let's see, we usually watch a movie or a movie and usually a TV episode or two. So that kind of puts it around 930. That's when she's ready for bed. Mm-hmm. But we got home from our friend's house uh, one weekend and uh, a few weekends back. It's about 1030. I'm like, I'm, excuse me, I'm not sleepy, but I'll, I'm going to lay in bed and watch some Netflix. I'm like, oh, it's Halloween. I don't want to watch any of these. I'm going to watch Hot Thomas because it was a horror movie or, you know, sci-fi horror. Yeah. Put it on. She did not go to sleep. She stayed up and watched the whole movie. Oh, wow. So that is saying something for her. Mm. <laughs> but I really like the movie as well. If you'll kind of see it coming before, like, it's, it's, very, it's, it's very good and different. It's sort of a Ghostbuster-y Donnie Darko. It's kind of a weird combination of some stuff. But it, uh, it's, I, I would definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, definitely worth watching. Mm. Uh uh, I was trying to think of something else to say about it, about giving stuff away. But it's 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 good, like who done it kind of thing. There's kind of a mystery they're trying to solve in it. Like this guy's gonna do something really bad. Like oh, and then like there's a lot of plot twists, and it's it's entertaining and it kind of keeps you guessing. So I definitely recommend it. And the other one we watched, funny enough, directed by the director of Inner Space, which is why I'm doing it, <laughs> talking about this this week, was Bearing the X, with uh, of course Anton Yelchin again, and then uh, the chick from. Uh, his, the X in the title is what some chick from Twilight, which I don't know who she is. Ashley Green? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's her. Uh, she looks much better as a brunette, by the way. She's blonde in this film. Uh, One impressed with her in this film, as far as her, you know. she looked, But she, she's a gorgeous brunette. She's a decent blonde. But anyway, uh, but she's overshadowed because that super hot chick from True Detective, Alexandra Daddario, I think is yeah. how you pronounce it. Yeah, with the gorgeous eyes. She looks mm-hmm. like a fucking alien. <laughs> Just, I mean, that picture, those eyes are like... They look alien to me. She's number four on the star meter. Uh, so people are looking whatever. her up. That's because she was in that. Yeah, she was in San Andreas. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Recently, so. But, I mean, she she's she has some the, the prettiest eyes in Hollywood. Uh, and she's in lovely hair. She's she's gorgeous. She's a gorgeous mm-hmm. gorgeous woman. Uh, the other chick is, too. But, you know, apples and oranges here. But uh, Bearing the X, it's entertaining. It's worth watching once. But it's not. I would say Odd Thomas was way better. Uh, but again, it's it's a Joe Dante comedy, you know. Obviously, his ex comes back. It's yeah. got you know, it, like you know, Gremlins is kind. Of, it's a very quirky movie. Great, but you know, it's really kind of silly in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Inner Space. It's just, but that's kind of like his deal. Yeah. Like uh, you know what you get into when you go into one of his movies. You're gonna go into kind of a, uh, you know, you, honestly, I think you're gonna go in for a good time, and just you know, kind of a little bit ludicrous. Yeah. Things the- are gonna happen, but. It's usually entertaining, and the characters. The end result is good. They're in serious situations, but there's an overall humorous tone to it. Definitely, what he said. 
I'll yeah. go with that. But uh, anyway, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Tangents and all. Don't forget, you can email us anything you want except death threats because those are getting really old and I can't keep changing my address and moving. It's getting expensive. Uh, AsiaVisit at gmail.com. Uh, awesome Pods on Facebook, on Twitter, and Awesome Pods, part of the Awesome Podcast Network. Plenty of other shows on there to check out. And always a shout-out to our good friends in Lafayette, John and James with Now vs. Nostalgia. I think they recently did. I think their latest episode was Conan. Mm. And I think they did both of the films, which we've only done Destroyer on here. I haven't got to Barbarian yet. But uh, if you want to get your Conan fix, give them a listen and also check out all their other episodes. Uh, good times to be had by all on that. And next week, if you haven't already guessed it, we're going to be ghost-busting three men and a baby. <laughs> so get ready for that expose of urban legend mm-hmm. if you haven't already looked it up. But we'll save that for next week. And until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.